Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first summer special of season three. And this is going to be something different for us. I'm trying something new. I'm in the process of expanding some of my speaking programs for new audiences. And my goal is to show how history is so essential to an understanding of ourselves, of our lives right now, and of the future that we can create together. So in my view, history is past, present, and future. In other words, we can look back to gain clarity as we move forward. So history is right now. And to think about that, I want to talk about my right now plan, which I developed a couple of years ago, and let you know how I see history taking place in that. So let me tell you the backstory. I have to admit, full disclosure, that I came up with the idea of a right now plan based on being a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. I always used to watch in the old days. And there was one storyline where a bunch of the different surgeons were competing to be chief surgeon. If you're a Grey's Anatomy fan, you might remember that. So there was Derek Shepard and Addison Montgomery and Mark Sloan and Preston Burke and someone else they brought in from a different hospital whose name I forget. Anyway, the visiting surgeon was rumored to have a 10-year plan, 10-year plan. And the other doctors were starting to think, oh, maybe we need a 10-year plan. And Mark Sloan went to my all-time favorite character, Miranda Bailey, and said, you know, this guy's got a 10-year plan. I need a 10-year plan. And she said, 10-year plan? I need a right now plan. I need to help these patients right now. I need to make these interns better right now. I need to get this under control right now. Now, of course, a 10-year plan is exciting and wonderful and necessary. But sometimes we get so caught up in this different bird's eye view of the future that we lose sight or we lose focus on what's happening right now. So I want you to think back to the beginning, January, February of 2020. Now, I started that year with a one-year plan and a five-year plan. I didn't have a 10-year plan, but I had a one-year plan and a five-year plan. The whole thing was mapped out. I had a bunch of speaking engagements. I was going to be traveling to new places to speak. I was really excited. Everything looked great. And I was visiting my daughter across the country in March. And then that week happened. Do you remember that week when the dominoes just kept falling? And we went from when I was there early in the week on Monday, we were shopping, we were out and about, everything was fine. And by Friday, I was on a plane coming home, just wiping everything down with those disinfectant wipes. So nervous when my husband picked me up at the airport, it was arm's length with a bottle of hand sanitizer ready to go. The woman I was sitting next to on the plane told me about her week. She had flown in on Monday for a job interview, had had her interview on Tuesday, had been brought back for another round of interviews on Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon, they offered her the job. She was so excited. Thursday, she got a call saying, hang on. Friday morning, they said, I'm sorry, we are now closed for the foreseeable future. There is no job. So she was flying home having had that kind of experience. We were all just scrambling 
wondering what to do. And all of a sudden, that one-year plan that I had completely fell apart. People were canceling those talks. The idea of traveling to speak, gone. And everything was just falling off my calendar. And people wanted talks online and they weren't quite sure what they wanted. And they wanted me to teach some courses online. Could I do that? No one knew what was happening. So the one-year plan I had was was no longer viable. And the five-year plan was starting to look a little fuzzy because we really didn't know what would happen. Sometimes I think it's probably just as well. We didn't know how much things were going to change. But what I needed at that point was a right now plan. I needed to know what to do right now. I needed to get good at Zoom right now. I needed to think about what I could accomplish for people with online programs right now. I'd been thinking for a while about starting a podcast. I decided to start right now. And I've been wanting to work on a book and talking about working on a book. Guess what time? Right now. So the right now plan, in fact, a series of right now plans, because June was different from March and December of 2020 was different from June. And then we got into 2021 and things kept changing. It was a whole new world. And sometimes we think that these last three years of a very strange, infectious disease that we don't really understand, and then at first we had no idea how it was spreading, and the vulnerable population was the most affected by it, and we think maybe that's the first time that's ever happened. No, no, no. In fact, disputes and disruptions and violence over transfers of power and infectious diseases that are wiping out a percentage of a population and manipulation of what information is shared and the distribution of fake news and changing laws to benefit or serve a particular religious group. All of that is literally history repeating itself. So I thought I'd look back at some people who had to come up with and enact a right now plan and see how they did it. See what happened in the past to help us gain some clarity right now to be more prepared moving forward. And I just decided to start with two of my favorite and I think often overlooked characters in history. You know, I'm probably immediately going to go to the Tudors. And yes, indeed, a couple of women who refused to stop fighting for themselves and their rights and their own authority when people were coming after it. And that is Queen Jane and Queen Mary. So I'd like to talk about their right now plan. Now we're going back to July 1553, and it didn't roll out as everybody had planned. People knew the king was really sick. And in fact, there were rumors he'd already died. So he decided, this is Edward VI, he decided he had to stop the rumors he was already dead because he wasn't dead yet. So he made some public appearances, but he looked so bad. It was pretty clear he was not long for this world. Now, one of the big jobs of kings during that period of time was to have a son. It was always kings and they always wanted a son to succeed them. And Edward had been on the throne for six years, but he was still only 15 and he had not had a son yet. He'd been doing some other things. He'd been really focused on religious reform. That was the the force that propelled his reign. He was determined to wipe out all vestiges 
of what was then considered the Catholic Church. In fact, the term Protestant was first used in his reign. Now, those terms did not mean the same thing in the 16th century that they mean today, but they were used then, and we do sort of use them as helpful terms. But in any case, that's what Edward had been focused on. And he was becoming concerned because he knew he wasn't getting better. And he was going to have to leave the throne since he hadn't managed to have a son. He was going to have to leave the throne if everything happened the way everybody expected to his half-sister, Mary, who was a Catholic. And she was going to undo all of his work. And he just couldn't let that happen. So he started casting about for a man to leave the throne to instead. And honestly, in the Tudor line of succession, could not find any. In fact, there were nine women to choose from among and no men. Tudors just really had a hard time having sons for whatever reason. But in any case, he had two half-sisters, Mary, the woman who was so Catholic, they were individually fighting about her practicing her religion during his reign. He couldn't bring himself to leave the throne to her. He couldn't leave it to his half-sister, Elizabeth, because if Mary didn't deserve the throne, then how did Elizabeth deserve the throne? So we decided to disinherit both of them. They had been both declared illegitimate by his father. So that's what he used. He disinherited both of his sisters and he found the next person in line for the throne. And that was Jane Grey, Lady Jane Grey. And as it turned out, she was Protestant. She had royal blood. She was in the succession. So he came up with his device for the succession and used it to bypass the laws that Parliament had passed, the laws that were on the books, and name not Mary, but Jane as his heir. After all, there were also laws that indicated the king could choose his heir. So he felt like he was doing the right thing and the legal thing. There were some disputes about that, but he was really solid on it. And the president of his council, John Dudley, was determined to make it happen. Not only was John Dudley very committed to Protestantism or reform, did not want Mary on the throne, but John Dudley just happened to have married his son to Jane Grey. So John Dudley's thinking, I could be father-in-law of the queen. She's young. My son's young. We'll get him on the throne and then I'll run the country myself. He had quite a good plan, but he wasn't counting on the strength and determination of these two women. Now, John Dudley put everything in place and the counselors knew that Edward had died and that things were changing. Even the international ambassadors could tell something was happening. The very last person to be brought in on this plan four days, <clears throat> excuse me, four days after the king died was Jane herself. So Jane's brought in and she's told that she's the Queen of England. Now, by this time, word has gotten to Mary that her half-brother has died, and she believes, as does most of the country, that she is next in line. So here is someone else who is expecting to be the next monarch, expecting to be the queen, and she is underestimated, just like Jane had been. Well, it's June, July, rather, 1553, and Jane Grey is proclaimed Queen of England. Now, Jane's 1553 plans didn't include becoming Queen of England. Mary's 1553 plans might have included becoming Queen of England. She knew how ill her brother was, but they didn't include having to fight for her throne. So both women faced with reality needed to come up with a right now plan. 
So let's look at Jane. She's queen. She's living in the royal apartments in the Tower of London. She's been proclaimed queen throughout the country. She has access or control of the military and all the ammunition and the guards and the privy council, everything she would need. She was not prepared to be the queen, but despite expectations that she would just let the men around her take care and take control, she was not to be intimidated. And her right now plan was to be the queen, to act like the queen, to behave like the queen, to take action. So she began sending out official letters to her most powerful nobles, demanding their support of her role as queen. She sent out letters that conducted official government business, and she signed all of these, Jane the Queen. That was how she saw herself and how she was determined that everyone else see her. She was the queen. She hadn't planned on being queen, but her right now plan was to be successful in this role that had been given her. She even had the royal jewels brought in, which of course she had every right to do, and chose which ones she would use for her coronation. Now, at that point, her father-in-law, John Dudley, pipes up and says, oh, and what crown will you have for Guilford? And uh, Jane says, "Mm, I'm not making him a king. He's not getting a crown. I'll make him a duke or something. But I am the queen, and I will be the one ruling. John Dudley had not counted on the strength and determination of this young woman and the power of her right now plan. Mary also had to come up with a right now plan. She thought she would just peacefully and easily inherit the throne after her half-brother died. That was how it was set up. But now she realized she was going to have to do something different. Now, she had an option of just stepping quietly aside or maybe going back to her family in Spain. Her mother had come from Spain. She had family and supporters there. She could have just gone there. But no, Mary believed she was the rightful queen. And so she also came up with a right now plan. So she went to her great stronghold out in the country. And while she was there, she started gathering supporters. She wrote to the council and said, I know my brother's dead and I am the queen. And I need you to all start acting like I was, I am the queen. Her messenger who delivered that message for Mary said that Mary was not the queen. Look around, dude. Jane's the queen. And by the way, go back and tell Mary to be, quote, obedient and quiet. That was not part of Mary's right now plan. So Mary, who had known her brother was ill, who had been thinking ahead, who could have just given up, did not. At Kenning Hall, her great land place. You know, she owned a lot of land after her father had died. Henry VIII gave her a bunch of land. So she went there. Well, she was very well known. She was very popular, began to gather support. And now she was writing letters to those same nobles, reminding them that she was the one (coughs) named by law to be the next queen and also needing their support. And she was signing them, marry the queen. Now, one of the things I think is most tragic about this whole story is that both of these women couldn't win. There was one crown. They were both claiming it. I think their stories are so extraordinary. And both of them are strong and powerful and feisty and fierce. 
and both of them acted from their right now plan and were, at least for a time, successful. It turns out that Mary prevailed. So many people had been so strongly in support of her for so many years that she was able, without fighting at all, to convince the nobles and the army and the navy to come to her side. And eventually, within just 13 days from the time Edward died, Mary was proclaimed queen and did become Queen of England. But both Mary and Jane faced a time where nothing was turning out the way they thought it would. And both of them came up with an extraordinary right now plan that got them past the immediate obstacles and on a path that could lead to success. I think the examples of Queen Jane and Queen Mary, Mary went on to become the first crowned regnant queen of England and turned everything upside down. Reimagine the entire monarchy. We could go on and on. But both of these women had to find what to do right now to be as successful as they possibly could. You see, I believe that all of us through history are faced with times that we need to know what to do right now. And history can show us how people faced with obstacles not that different from ours. Hmm, a disputed succession, some confusion over who's going to be in charge next. Not that any country in the world has gone through that lately. All kinds of things that we might think are new to our time with technology. Well, you know what? The printing press was just as much of a technological boom and changed just as much then as computers do now and our phones do now. So history includes the past, the present, and the future. History is right now. And when we learn from examples like Queen Jane and Queen Mary and their right now plan, you can see how by looking back, we can gain clarity as we move forward. So thank you so much for joining me. I would love to hear what you think. We'll be doing this a few times. We have some history right now podcasts lined up. Some of them will be summer specials and some of them will be even longer. We also have some really great other things lined up for the summer. And of course, we'll be kicking off season four, believe it or not, in September. And I just want to share that my right now plan in 2020 has turned out to be one of the most exciting journeys of my life. And that's because I share it with all of you. So thank you so much. And join me next time as we keep shaking up history together.